Welcome to Good Service. Folks, welcome or welcome back to Good Service. We are your host, Ben. And Kevin. And we have a very special homie and a brother. We got Shane O in the pod. We're very excited to have you, Shane. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for making the drive. Uh, You know, you you drove out from OC on a Friday, man. That's real love. That's real (laughs) love. It is, it is. Appreciate it. (laughs) Drive was okay? It was great. Got here early, avoided some traffic, and... um, Nice. Yeah, I was excited to be here. Good, good, good. Well, uh, as you guys can already see, we have a, a, a nice little spread in front of us. Uh, this is from Saladang. Sal- I'm sure it's Saladang, not Saladang. Saladang. Oh, really? Okay, yes, know. there it is. Maybe it's Saladang. <laughs> if it's Saladang, uh, yes, Saladang, but I think Saladang. It's Thai food. Uh, we don't want the food to get cold, so we're just going to jump into it. Yeah. And then we're going to start talking. All right, let's start uh, serving up the food first, yeah. and then we'll, well just jump you, into a pocket. What did you order, yeah. Kev? Like- okay, so uh, I kind of went full spread today for the menu as we eat and talk. Um, we have here the pineapple fried rice. Ooh, you got it. Which have is a staple at yes, uh, yes. many Thai places. We got the crying tiger, which what is a is staple it? beef uh, dish at a lot of, of Thai spots. Okay. Uh, we have something a little unique to this place. It's called stuffed chicken. Um, I don't, I'm sure that I'm not sure if the camera could capture all of this, but it's literally stuffed chicken and I don't know what it's stuffed with. So it's going to be very surprising. <laughs> it's stuffed with stuff. I'm like, sweet. Okay, cool. And then another mystery item. Mystery <laughs> I love ordering things I've never seen before. These things are called like golden pouches, but what's scary is I don't know what's in the pouch. So uh, that'll right. be fun. I'm sure we're gonna put that away. I'm sure, it's cold. And then we got some fried bananas. We got the mango sticky rice. Everybody nice. loves mango sticky yeah. rice. Yeah. Uh, this one I'll leave closed so we could yeah, eat that a little bit later. later. And then we got the green curry. Green curry chicken. So let, let me talk about that real quick. Most people, they'll you know they've had like you know the Japanese curry. I think that's yeah. one's really popular. Brown curry. Uh, they've had like the red curry from Indian food. That one's really popular. But I don't know if people know about green curry at Thai spots. It's one of the better curries I've ever had is green curry. Okay. I, I don't know if I can taste the difference between yellow, green, and red curry. Because, oh. you know, you can do, they have all three of those colors they do. at Thai. They do. And every time I eat either one of them, I mm-hmm, taste mm-hmm. kind of the same as the other mm-hmm. ones. Am I wrong? There's a more... So a green curry... There's this uh, spice level that's a little unique. It goes really spicy if it Ooh, needs okay. to. So I like that. And then it also has this like, I think it's like more of like a coconutty flavor. It's like a nuttier flavor Ooh. than a yellow curry or a red curry. I'm going to have to do a curry challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. all three of them and then <laughs> yeah. just like back to back it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to go family style today. So we're just going to yes, use our plates and we're going to start serving. Right, cool. But as we, as we start doing that... Um, why don't I, uh, why don't we start getting on, hold on. I'll, I'll, why don't I start serving Okay. It? And, and then, then we just start talking? Let's just start talking. All right, let's cool. go. Uh, well, what's up, Shane? We, we, what's we up? need to give uh, proper intros. Um, <laughs> can you give us a little bit of a background, like yep. uh, kind of where you grew up and all that, what, like what you do for a living, whatever you want to give us, whatever you want to give right, us. All right, let's go. Um, so childhood wise, I, 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 first of all, I'm, I'm very honored to be here. I've listened to a lot of the podcasts and it's interesting with a lot of the previous guests, it starts with family, city, where mm-hmm. uh, we talk about events and things of that nature. And a funny thing is this past month in our small group, the question came up of if there was something in your childhood that you would change, 
would you change it? And so Ooh. all these things came up and That's when, deep when it, it, it yeah. got deep. And, yeah. But the funny thing is when it got to me, I was talking about like, man, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change much. Wow. I had a really unique childhood and um, it all adds up to why I'm a survivor today. Right. Mm. And uh, so kind of going into the details, you know, we talked a little bit before, but when I was four, I don't know, as a Korean American, I don't know how I got started in this, but I played ice hockey. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. I played ice hockey, which was totally off the rails. And where were you and born? I was born at Cedars, so I was born in LA. Oh, you're born in LA. I was okay, born cool. in LA. Wow. I wasn't born in Canada or anywhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. so um, you know, uh, no need to date myself or anything like that. I don't really care. But you know, Brea Mall used to have an ice rink. I did not know that. <laughs> wow. So if you're if, if you're in that. the food court, that's where the ice rink used Whoa. to be, right? So I I started playing ice hockey there, and um, then I did the traditional Korean stuff. I played golf and I played uh, violin, and so as a child, my as a child in my childhood, I was I was busy. It was three times on the ice a week. I was practicing violin and getting lessons once, twice a week. Um, and golf was fun, though. Golf was one of those things of like my parents loved it. Mm -hmm. And so when they would go, I would go. And um, so wait, you thought was nice. golf was fun, but so you didn't enjoy ice hockey. And, and oh, I loved all of that. Oh, okay. The so unique thing is I. Okay, yeah. Cool. And, and a lot of people, a lot of Koreans, when they talk about their child and talk about piano, they talk about violin. Sometimes it's negative. Like my parents. Mm like the tiger mom would come out or something like that. But the unique thing is like, my mom would always tell me that I would always say, damn, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> hey, feel free to take a bite. Hey, food, I just <laughs> just for context, I just threw a, a beautiful plate in front <laughs> yeah. of him and he just blinked out. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> completely that's a wrap. Derailed his yeah, whole yeah, that's yeah, my yeah, podcast. Yeah. I'm good. We're just going to eat. He doesn't now. want to share anymore because he wants to eat. <laughs> I had a great childhood. I'm going to eat. Oh, hey, dude, take a bite um, though, man. Don't no, I'll, I'll dig it. Keep going. Keep going. Violin, hockey, golf. Like my mom would always say, like I would always come up and say, wow, this is easy. So it was one of those things like I loved doing all of these things. And whenever I didn't enjoy something, she immediately stopped. So, for instance, oh, that's like cool. During she didn't force you to she do didn't anything. Force me to yeah, do any yeah. of that stuff. That's very unique, so actually. That for, is. It was yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it got to the where I had to stop was during the summertime when camps would kick in. Um, clinics, all these different things from around Canada and the U.S. would come to California. Um, I also played baseball and soccer for another like three or four years. So mm -hmm. in the summertime, it got so busy where like I, I finally told my mom, like, I think I'm tired. Hmm. And so this one time I remember it was hockey in the morning from like seven to 11. And then my soccer coach was like, I really need you. So I would have to go play soccer, not have Jeez. to, but like I, I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So we played games in the afternoon. Too? Are you getting good grades? While yeah. Doing so this, all this elementary, too? I can say confidently, I was a good student just in elementary school and <laughs> junior high. Once high school, we won't talk about grades. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I remember at the tail end of playing soccer, I told my mom because I had to go back after playing the game in the afternoon. I had to go back to the hockey clinic. So my life was spent a lot, like a lot of times on the road. And I remember one time coming back, I'm like, mom, I have a huge migraine. I have a big headache. And I think it's just because I was dehydrated. 
And so driving back, I was near Disneyland and driving back off the 91 in Harbor, there was like a holiday in and my, my mom pulled in and she hustled the maid. It, my son's not feeling well. Can you just let him in and like take a shower just mm. for him to relax? I'll never forget that. And that was really the first time I felt like I'm tired. Mm. And so I went back and like, mom, no more, no more soccer and baseball for me. So it was really hockey, golf and violin for like most of my childhood. And I enjoyed all of it. And um, the unique part of it in, in learning through what I went through, I asked my mom, I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but like when Princess Diana passed away in that, that tragedy, mm -hmm. I, I asked my mom, like, why are you so affected by this? Because you're staying up to watch the funeral, you're actually tearing up and all of these things. and. The one time we had the conversation, she said, like, I wanted to treat you like a royal. Mm. Like all the opportunities that they had, I wanted to let you experience everything that wow. I think you would enjoy. When you say no, then we say no. But I just, I, as a mom, I wanted to put everything in front of you and, and go. Looking back at it, it probably took a huge toll on, like, my parents' marriage. Because mm -hmm. um, by the time in high school, they separated mm. my, my junior year, really. And um, that's kind of when a lot of the activities went away, right? It's like all of a sudden overnight, there was kind of a broken family. So everybody is on their own. My older sister, she's three years older than me. She went to college in uh, Santa Cruz. So really right out of high school, I was like all of a sudden like overnight, like by myself. Hmm. Right, so all of these activities of things that I'm used to doing, it just were they with your mom or your dad halted. at the time? So at that time, I was I was with my mom. We moved out to Corona when it was just cows, mm. right? So <laughs> yeah. we were before it got East Vale and all these Fontana, all these different places developed. It was literally like our little community and like cows. Mm. And so we were out there. My dad was out there just for a little bit, and then so he left. And my grandparents were both in, um, my mom's side was in downtown LA and my dad's side were, they were in Garden Grove. And nobody was far away. Everyone was still kind of geographically close, but it was extremely broken. Um, so that's, that's kind of like how I grew up. So like childhood, I wouldn't change a thing. And I think because of the nature of my parents, I had to instantly obtain survival mechanisms mm -hmm. and, and abilities when we were talking about like your your dad and like your decision of possibly it could have gone that way or it could have gone this way mm -hmm. i think with my parents there was that after like they separated there was probably like one or two years of oh shit, this could have gone like it was so pretty at the beginning like overnight it could have gone totally like deep end mm. right so it, it only takes one guy mm -hmm. right and so all of a sudden senior year high school like that era i was in k-town had a 357 pointed at me like overnight i'm like wow. what am i doing mm -hmm. like overnight i driving and you're drunk mm -hmm. i had to pull over to the gas station off of vermont i'm like you know my friend like Dude, can you drive I, I i don't know what i'm doing so all of a sudden, these decisions can go south like really, really fast. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm thankful what ended up bringing me along was like my love for sports and my love for cars. Wow. And, and the car community back then, early 90s, these tight little JDM 
squads in Orange County. Like, that's really the squad that's like, there's a couple of core friends in there that have kind of been, you know, I've been in my corner since, right? So the ability to, to work on cars, have hobbies, they could still get you in trouble. But really that took me out of like that two year gap in K-Town where like, mm. it could have gone like really, really bad, like really fast, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know if you guys remember like the Chi-Chi's nightclub, Julianne nightclub, like all that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff has turned over since. But back then, I'm like, how the hell did you let in like a 17 year old? Right. So they just wanted money, bro. I, <laughs> that's basically what yeah, it is, like, right? They just care about, about so, the almighty dollar, right there. That's, that's really of money. This food is money. What, what is that beef thing called again? The crying tiger, man. That thing's crazy. Yeah, get go, in there, bro. I'm going. Like I know we can keep talking, but man, the food's getting cold. But that was basically my, my first chapter of my life up till about high school, college. Mm. That's really what it was. I still wouldn't change it for the world, but mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. That's interesting because um, we've all kind of grown up broken in, in different ways. And the details of that is obviously very different amongst even this, the guys in this room. But I can resonate with that, right? Because when you talk about like uh, divorce and um, mm-hmm. uh, loss of people loss of loved ones um, that have been these major pain points in our life. But then as you let the years of life go by, you see that those pain points actually shaped you and made you stronger to be able to endure more of life as it comes. And then also what you experience is a help to others who experience something similar. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, it's really interesting that you view it that way. Yeah, I think um, when you can dive in and... All right, so first of all, men suck at talking, <laughs> right? Like sharing and going deep, it's always kind of been a knock of you're sensitive or you're soft, mm. right? I think when it comes to, first of all, like divorce, one of the, one of the hardest things for me and still to this day, I think it's been kind of reopened after a few events this past year. The, um, every divorce is its own story where it's like, if your parents divorce, it's not the same as like my parents divorcing. When you lose someone in your life, there's no comparing. That's the biggest loss in your life. Like your grieving is different, right? So with my, with my parents, I remember vividly like my dad's side of the family obviously they would take my dad's side right even though like he's the one that walked out it was never asked how do i feel Mm. it's always come to our parties come to this come to sebe come do all of these things and the funny thing is they never asked how my dad felt during all these things Mm. right these are all the newer things that like I've unpacked this past year where my dad was in the ER and he just started, he started letting it out. I'm like, well, where's this coming from? He didn't cry. Mm. You start, start seeing tears come out, right? I'm like, what? I got kind of excited. I'm like, oh shoot, I got a real opportunity to talk to my dad on like another level now, right? Mm -hmm. And he just started saying things like, I'm really sorry to your mom. I'm really sorry to you. Like all of these things. And he wasn't checking out. 
Wow. He's sitting there like kind of reflecting. Right. That's not common for it, Korean dads all, to do right? anything remotely so close to like, that. Talking about I mean, these yeah, things context, like, like literally, I mean, men showing emotions is one thing, especially yeah. from that generation. Yeah. Uh, but Asian men shame culture mm -hmm. to like express real emotion to yeah. their son. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Just bro. never. I'm not, I don't mm -hmm. even expect it again. Wow. Right. Like. I, like I treasured that moment and then he's like, I'm really sorry to you. He's like, wow. one of my biggest like things that I struggle with was every year when we would have to do sebe, I'm the only one that's sitting by myself. You were? No, my dad, oh. right? Because all the families were oh, wow. all mm -hmm. going through and having a great time. And my grandparents wow. really did a good job of, you know, Thanksgiving, sebe, Christmas were like next level sure. every year. But that's all our family like really did mm -hmm. during the year. It's like, ah, uh, no one's hearing from anybody mm -hmm. and then just during that season yeah it's kind of off the hook right mm. yeah that was kind of how we did it too we just did yeah. thanksgiving and sebe yeah to gather the entire family and mm -hmm. then throughout the rest of the year we wouldn't talk quiet, or right? see anybody yeah 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 so i'm kind of mentioning these things because when i start to talk about like my daughter these things are kind of coming up again mm -hmm. right? it's kind of it's reopening wow. a lot of things and mm -hmm. so um i i just remember him saying like that's been my number one struggle is I'm doing sebe by myself. And wow. I just felt so bad. It wasn't I'm blaming you, your sister, sure, or your yeah, mom. It's yeah. just like a traditional context, by the way, sebe is like a New Year's tradition mm -hmm. where uh, Koreans bow to elders and and the fun part is you do that in exchange for money. Yes. But it's actually, yeah, that's the fun part. But really the whole purpose. <laughs> As a kid, that's the yes. best. Yeah, the money is more of like a gift, kind of like um, in, traditionally you give gifts down to children. But um, but it's more than just about money. You're actually giving uh, respect and uh, um, a wish of health to your elders mm -hmm. during this bowing time. Mm -hmm. And so when um, Shane's here, uh, this is like a little asterisk just to make sure people know. <laughs> yeah, we forgot. Not about. everyone's Korean yeah. who's listening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, guys. For all our uh, <laughs> uh, all those multinational listeners, uh, please uh, forgive us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, love so, Sebe. <laughs> yeah, Sebe was great as uh, as a kid with our family. Um, mm. But, you know, I, I mentioned that because, you know, one of the things that I'm learning to talk about now, just I'll, I'll tell the audience, too, is um, and it, it comes full circle when I say things like men, we don't speak well on feelings. We don't speak. We don't do well with grieving uh, anything that may label us as soft. Mm. Um, I'll just uh, one of the things I always hear is like, oh, don't worry, I'll get past it. Mm. How many times do you hear that? All the yep. time. I'll get yep. past it, right? Uh -huh. And then, so sometimes now, like when people say that, I'm like, well, are you going to resolve it, then move on? Like, mm. what does past it mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of one of the things that I, um, I'm i dealing with when it comes to my daughter. So, you know, we're a family of five. And um, my daughter, Elora, she's the oldest. Um, Ellis is the middle child and Aaliyah is the youngest. Um you know, kind of just getting straight to it. Like my, my oldest daughter, Elora, passed away on Thanksgiving uh, in 2019. Uh, it was Thanksgiving night. So that, that night means it's a different type of holiday now, mm. obviously. Yeah. And, um, you know, but who, who doesn't like talking about their kids, right? So she, she obviously every day is like a, it's a very polarizing day where it's 50-50. Right. Yeah. You're happy, sad, happy, sad. You see your kids and you're like, oh, great. But I wish Alora was here. Mm -hmm. You know, that first year 
Um, how, old was, how old was she when she passed? She was um, two years and two months. Wow. Two years um, and two months. Two years and two months, yeah. And um, in, in that broken family environment, I remember we went to our first, we went to the Christmas party the month later just mm-hmm. to see family, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we did because dude, three months later, the world shut down. You couldn't see anybody. So I don't know what I would have done if we didn't hug anybody after our daughter died. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That scares the crap out of me. Mm. Um, But it's polarizing. You see other kids, you see them happy at that time. Like it was really confusing for me because from Thanksgiving on, Ellis was born on January 5th. So you had that month, six week gap where like all of a sudden I don't have a kid. Mm. Right. So it almost, it confused me. And I don't know how to share this with anybody, but I'm like, am I still a dad? Mm-hmm. Like the obvious answer, yeah, she's always with you, this, that. I'm like, I don't want to hear that shit. Like, mm-hmm. like she's not here. Like, am right. I a dad still? Mm-hmm. So these confusing thoughts were going. And then during Christmas time, I don't know why, but my uncle made me pray for Christmas. Like, I'm like, why are you making me do it? Like, it's really hard. So <laughs> right. that, that month was really, really challenging. Mm. Um, but there's also a victory in there. In that first month, we were we were showered with so much love. I remember in like the third week, I was able to go to a hockey game with my friend David. Mm. Um, and she was able to go eat K-Barbecue with like her cousins. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, this is the first night we're not together. Like, yeah. are you okay? And I was okay. And it showed like, oh shit, like, okay, we're surviving like today. Yeah. And so I remember that as like a big, big, big milestone. But really when you kind of fast, I kind of fast forward a couple of weeks, but really when it comes down to like the daily of compart, like I don't want to compartmentalize anything that has to do with her. And I think that's why I could share today. Mm. Right. So when she passed away, I started writing about her things. I remember things I'm learning. And I think the whole time that first month, I remember my, uh, my wife and I just kept saying like, Oh, we're surviving this because this is the first time I think we felt the power of prayer. Not you guys are right. Like I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. guys good. Like I'll pray for you. Like sometimes in the Christianese language, it's like, it's, yeah. it's kind of cute. Like, mm-hmm. like, I'll tell so. like you're, you're okay. Yeah, right, right. Versus, oh shit. Like I used to always say like, we're living minute by minute, hour to hour, day by day. I just want to make it to my pillow and be able to sleep. Mm, right and so that was kind of like what i've been saying to myself like i just need to make it to lunch that food's always like great you know for anything but oh let's just make it to dinner where do you want to go so it kind of gave us focus i got i got a few questions so like when um because i mean you got you guys obviously are in a much better place today yeah and um when when that was uh when for, for your daughter when when all that happened was it something you guys knew was happening? Was it sudden? Is, you mm-hmm. know, like, was there some, pre- like, I don't, cause I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have zero no, context. I, should, I, have no, zero I context. should tell you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Thanksgiving week, I remember we went out, it was sudden. And I'll tell you just uh, the, the quick little story on, um, Tuesday, Monday night, it almost feels like it was COVID, right? Cause when we got the autopsy back, they're like, it's viral pneumonia and nobody knew COVID at that time mm, right it's 2019 yes 2019 right, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. and so monday i remember like on a monday night i was it was like probably one of the best moments i ever had with her like yeah. i picked her up and she like she caressed my cheeks and she's like my appa. 
mm. right? Like my daddy, right? Mm. And it was like, and her language was kind of slow. So for her to say that, I'm like, oh, shit, this is mm. <laughs> 30 minutes later. Yeah. I'm like, you're hot. Like, mm -hmm. dude, you have a hundred plus something fever right now. Where'd this come from? And kids, it happens all the time, right? Yeah. And so we're like, okay, you have a fever. We don't know where it came from. Yeah. So Tuesday, we're kind of checking in and out of, um, you know, going into the doctors. And then Wednesday, we went in again. Wednesday morning, Ange spent, I think, like two hours. Just double check. Because we're not thinking like, oh, shit, she's going to die. We're like, oh, she has a fever. And, and kind of going through it. And then uh, on Wednesday, yeah, she was there for two hours, checked the lungs, checked all this stuff. And she even had a regular temperature. Mm. That's the confusing part. So... Thursday comes around and Ange starts to notice, like, I think her feet, her hands are kind of blue, mm. like a little bit, right? Let's give her a bath. Let's warm her up. Her temperature is like 96 or something like that. Like, yeah. it's, it's not alarming. Yeah. And so um, on Thanksgiving Day, we ended up, um, we're at home. And so I went to Peking Gourmet and Garden Grove, made the drive. And then coming back, I just remember how stormy it was and how mm. rainy it was that day. Driving back, stopped off at a friend's place, and uh, so it was about five or six o'clock. Went home and just kind of doing some research on like, hey, I think chalk closes at seven. And like, it's a holiday too, so you're kind of like, shit, should we go mm -hmm. now or not? And um, I think this is a little bit before seven. You know, I, let's go. Yeah. Let, let's just go. Yeah. And so she's. She's by the door. I'm putting, I just literally sat, sat her down and then literally put my shoe on. And like literally two seconds later, she's, she's already laying down. I didn't even see it happen. She, and she's, she's awake. And so I'm like, oh shit, let's go. And so I live in Quail Hill and there's a hoe that's, I think it's literally like two miles, <coughs> mm -hmm. two miles from, yeah. let's go there. Let's see how she's doing. If not. If she's okay and alert, we'll, we'll just keep going to Chalk, which is like 20 minutes away. And, yeah. and I think Santa Ana. Literally two minutes into the drive, she was, she was done. She was, my, my wife was screaming in the back, trying to do CPR. And we haven't even made it to Hogue yet. I've made it to the block out and yeah. she, was, she, was already, she was already gone. So it, it happened just like that. So there wasn't like a warning sign or like, you know, kids go through cancer battles you know, months along, like yeah. just literally like a blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, she was gone. So they about seven, seven forty-five. I think we're in the ER for like 45, 50 minutes. And, um, but all of that, like, I, I still remember vividly, uh, none of it was out of body or I remember every minute of that whole trek. Yeah. And, um, when I think about that day, there's all, there's always something I go back and I replay or mm. refer back to because there's some learning experience that it, like, I don't know why God gave me that again, like that survival mentality. Right. Mm. I, I like talking about my childhood because a lot of survival techniques and abilities were gained from like how I was raised. I wish I had more hustle in me to like make bank, but like that just my time <laughs> went to like survival and just learning how to be resourceful and stuff. Mm -hmm. So when I think about my survival now, this is kind of where I can get into, you know, quite a bit, but that night 
there were a few things that I always checked back to. One, the doctor, the head doctor, Dr. Michael Chu, I think. I remember him coming and about 20 minutes into it, just tears. I'm like, like, why is he crying though? Like, I remember I noticed, I'm like, why is he crying? Because I'm also kind of in shock too, right? Like, why is he crying? And he's like, dude, yeah. I have a two-year-old. And he's the one that's the head of like everything going on. There's 20 plus people in this ER room. Everyone has their own little thing that they're focused on. Mm -hmm. And I just, I remember saying Alora and you know, just her feet are like pointed at me and her socks kind of half off and they're just, they're going at her. And it's like, you're, you're gentle at some point cause it's a kid, but like, you can tell they were violently like trying to revive her and stuff. So it's like, yeah. sometimes like I couldn't look cause I'm like, yeah, cause you feel like she's, she's feeling something. Right. Like she's course, in pain. So, course, course, course. so about 20 minutes in, he's like apologizing. He's like, I'm still going to go. I'm like, if you really want to go and you think you can, then keep going. Yeah. But I told him, like, I believe you. I, I don't think you're trying to cut any corn. Like, I believe you. Like, thank you. Keep going. He's like, okay, I'll keep going. Yeah. And so about 40, 40, 45 minutes pass. During this time, mind you, I think I may have told you this before. The worst part of that night was the chaplain inside the ER. Because... Once the trauma starts happening inside, they have protocols that they have to do. And so this, this knob comes next to me. I'm just, I'm just, that's the part I get really angry about. My daughter died that night. And like, this is the part I'm actually angry on. Like this junior pastor comes here. He's like rubbing my leg. And he's like, God is with you. I'm like, don't, like, don't touch me. Hmm. He's, rubbing yeah. my, he's rubbing my back. I'm like, get your hands off of me. Yeah. But at this point, like, I, I, there was a good excuse to get up away from him. And I get up in the room and they're like, you need to call, like, your loved ones. This was probably the worst, too. It's like I had to call my father. This is Thanksgiving night. Everyone's partying. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I call my dad. I don't even know how the Korean came out. But I'm like, you know, Laura Toragashi, like, she died. And he's like, what? And everyone's just in shock. I'm like, dad, that's it. Like, I'm at the hospital. She's passed away. She's gone. So I had to do that with, I think, like four or five different people. My in-laws, like it just kind of went. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. Um, so after they, after we just said, there's really nothing that we can do. Uh, I just, I laid with her for about an hour, two hours. I don't even know how long that part went, but like both sides of the family came. Yeah. And like, I remember that vividly because I just remember everyone's face, like yeah. right when they enter the room, it's like, you just see how broken everybody was. And mm. so that, that really was that night. Um, with, with the doctors that I remember, the survival part, when I always tap into something, I may have mentioned this to you before, but I don't know why I said to God, I get it. Like, I get it. Not in, not in the context of Elora is Jesus, but in the context of your son died for me. Like, this is what that pain like, I can't imagine what that pain feels wow. like, right? That's yeah. crazy. So I remember, I, I remember that twice. I never unpacked that though, until God, I have like, I have so many stories, but in that survival moment, you fast forward about two years, mm. there's this anger of like still why, or I feel kind of alone in this because everybody else is having fun, you know, why is my kid gone? Yeah. Right. And I remember driving down to San Diego for work and that's when it, it 
clicked. I'm like, oh shit, you you did this for everybody, right? Like, mm. your son died for me. Elora didn't die for you. Didn't die for you. Like, she's just our daughter. But you actually did that for me. And so I think one of the key things for me is when she passed away, and my trauma's kicking in. Like my gut instinct said, okay, I really believe in God now. Not wow. It could have gone the other way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like fuck you. Like mm-hmm. that anger can. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. And you could. There was a point at the beginning when I'm like, you want to kill yourself because your daughter, or your you lost your kid. Good for you. Like I can't imagine what that pain is. Like, I I don't judge you at all. Right. Yeah. Like there's none of that. And so, when I when that finally clicked for me. Um, that was about two, she's been gone for about three and a half years now, but about two and a half years into it, that finally clicked in my head. I'm like, that means more to me than anything now. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I believe Alora is with you to the next level now, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's really what's, what's keeping me alive. And um, that's when it really became clear during Easter. Mm-hmm. That's about the time that mm-hmm. we talked about this, right? It's like, I asked people, because this was kind of hot with me, what's the number one recited verse in the Bible publicly, like, to anybody, right? Mm-hmm. I remind me of, like, Tim Tebow, like, 316, like, John 316, right? But no one ever focuses on, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Everyone just thinks, for God so loved the world, this is an amazing Bible verse that he loves me. Mm. But they forget the son part. And, and that hit home with me of like, okay, you did that for me. Like, why am I angry at you? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, cause I believe in that now. It's not like a trigger or it's not like some comfort or psychological thing of, hey, go down this path and really believe in this. No, I believe in God to that higher dimension now. Mm-hmm. So then that anger kind of kicked in like, man, like, tired of Easter bunnies, I'm tired of eggs, <laughs> I'm tired of like all this, like you're replacing God. Mm-hmm with on Easter for his son with like eggs. I get it with the kids. Easter hunt, I totally get it. It's it's cute. But as a society, just when I see billboards of Easter, I'm like, man, stop Mm -hmm. that. I get so angry. And I also think of Thanksgiving too. It's like, okay, you died on Thanksgiving. That has, Thanksgiving's not a pretty holiday when you really think about it. Mm -hmm. No. And we replaced it with turkey. Like, (laughs) so, that's kind of one of the the hottest kind of latest things that I think Alora has really been teaching me. But there's been a lot of like, I like how you always say, like, I was another God meal or like a God moment, right? Mm-hmm. There's been so many God moments that I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be alive and I need to share about Alora. And like, I got a, I got a question because yeah. I'm, I'm a husband and a father yeah. and uh, my kids are four and seven now. Yeah. And two boys. And, uh, I mean, I can't even imagine what the pain would be if I yeah. were to lose any of them. Right? Yeah. And um, I guess one of the things that like make me, I start thinking right away as I'm listening to just everything that just happened, like, like as, as you know, thank God that, you know, you, there's so much connection to the Lord through this process. I mean, that, I mean, seriously, thank the Lord for that, yeah. which is crazy. Cause that's definitely a God thing. That's not, that's totally not like a human thing. <laughs> you know, that's a God thing. Right. Yeah. And so the other thing I think about is, um, while you were going through this, like what was going on with like your wife? 
right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, is she also having these revelations and this connection with God and some, not only peace, but understanding, mm-hmm. or is she having a totally different experience? Yeah. Uh, it's a really good question. Um, first of all, I'm very, it's interesting when she passed away, it brought to light, like why I'm, why I'm married to her. Mm. Right. And, um, she did talk about another podcast of like how she was raised, um, survival to the next level. Mm. So she can be goofy. She laughs a ton. She has like a childlike personality too. She, she's creative. She, she envisions a lot of things, but when it gets serious though, like it's next level survival, spiritual warfare, like let's go. Right. Hmm. Hmm. And, um, so I'm very thankful to have her because she's very black and white too. Right. Where it's matter of fact, it, it is what it is. And she's very clear in her mind still. Hmm. Right. That first night I remember looking at Albert and Alice, her cousins, I'm like, you got her? Because I don't know if I'm going to survive this. Like, you guys got to cover her because my immediate thought was, she might kill herself. I don't know. Hmm. And she's pregnant too, right? I don't hmm. know what's going to happen at this time. And um, it was not that. Like, grounded, spiritual, it cries like hell. Like, that's totally fine. But, like, when you think about how we we went day by day she was like i don't know what else to say but like amazing like mm. didn't impede on my grieving i'm learning from her that she's grieving differently like she's showing pictures of Alora, and we're like laughing and i'm like in the corner just fucking bawling mm. right but it's like you go do you and i'll go do me and sometimes it'll switch off, right? Yep. And so we're, we're, yep. we're kind of learning on the fly of like what to do, what not to do, but mm-hmm. not step on each other because you can feel totally differently. Mm-hmm. Complete opposite, right? And so um, a couple of things happened that I was very thankful for that, that dude, when your ship's going and you throw that anchor, you hope it casts onto something tough like God, not something else, right? And so we're getting these like, confirmations like dude this is god he's sovereign everyone's saying he's a sovereign god but okay that's again those are cute Mm -hmm. christian words Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. does that really mean Mm -hmm. right there are a couple stories that really connected and i'm so thankful that happened early right one of the stories it really released me i think i don't know if it was the following tuesday or the or like two weeks later on the tuesday but She's got a small group for her parents. And this is what I call like the church. Like it's like 15 people. They meet at Angela's dad's you know, apartment yeah. constantly. The prayers are next level. Wow. They're just doing it, right? It reminds me of here, right? Mm. Like they're just, they're just doing it. Yeah. And Catherine leads the group and her mom's also a pastor. She's in Korea. And she's got some gifts too. And you can tell like their spiritual gifts when they're like, they don't want them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why'd you get like, oh, this guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> Catherine, Catherine calls, and this is like early in the morning. I'm sitting there at the table. I'm like, dude, what is she talking about? What is she talking about? And so Catherine's saying like a week prior to Laura passing away, every time Catherine's mom would pray, 
She's like, the Holy Spirit's making me cry. Like, I feel very heavy. And she's just mm. bawling. So every day she, mm. is everyone okay? Is every, everyone okay? Again, for five days straight, leading up to it, mm. it was almost like something's going to happen. No. Right? And so finally she told her mom, like, Alora passed away. And then she stopped crying. Like, that was it. Right? Mm. So for me to hear that, I'm like, that's not someone saying something from church to make me feel better. Like, mm. this is real time of, like, Whoa. stuff happening with God. Right, right. right I'm like, right. So I told, I remember Ange that, that morning when I heard that the guilt from me just was like, it wasn't us, like God's in control. Like just that feeling of like, this is real and not some pastor trying to blow something over to me. It's like, oh, that's real. Right. So that released. And the funny thing is that morning, it's funny. You bring that, I bring that up. It brings back some of the other things too. Kids also grieve. Mm. I really learned that, right? That morning, um, you know, two things happened where a friend's daughter, like, he kind of, like, I passed by the bathroom after she showered and, like, she wrote Alora's name on the mirror from, like, you know, the, all the, the dew and all that stuff. And then there's, like, another special kid who, again, it's one of those things where, like, you have these spiritual gifts. So not only is it good, but it's also bad, Right. So he also sees bad spirits, but then he got Alora's vision a couple times that week of like where she is, where she's sitting and like in her, in his room and stuff like that. I'm like, wow. And so to me, I get mad at Alora, like check in with them more, like protect them. Like that's your boy. Right. Mm. Um, Cause he also sees bad spirits too. Right. So mm. you see these things kind of going on. I'm like, okay, ultimately I'm very happy that those things happened in the first week of just saying, okay, God, you're real. Yeah, and that I think that helped my gut reaction to buy in. Okay, I know where you're at now. Like I lose you physically, but I know where you're. At. I'll see you again, right? Mm. And um, that helped me out, and I think that helped Angela out too. She could speak for herself on this, but I remember that happening with her, and she went about her day. Believe it or not, she's like, "This makes me want to be a better teacher to my kids." She's a teacher. She's a preschool teacher, right? Yeah. She went back to work the second week. She's like, I want to be with my kids. Wow. Like, you okay to go teach? Mm. Wow. And (laughs) she was okay, but I think it it wasn't official, but at the end of that second week, I think she got COVID. She's like, dude, I can't. And we don't know. This is still in 2019, not shut down. She's like, dude, I feel tight in my chest and I have a fee. I got to go. I have a headache. So she missed like the last two days where I'm like, fucking next level, dude. You went to teach? Yeah. Like less than two weeks after. And she was totally fine if she didn't if yeah. she didn't get sick. So she's when everything hits the fan for her, like that survival kicks in. Yeah. It's like it goes to the next level, right? And so kind of wrapping up like that first month of what is you asked like what is she like? The eulogy always comes up. Right. Mm-hmm. It was her eulogy was so amazing that I had to make sure like mine was good. <laughs> like, yeah. It was so Y'all competing with each other. Bro. In my head, That's I'm like, like where mad. is this? Well, yeah. cause you asked the question, like, how is she, right? <laughs> yeah. But to me, I'm like, where is this coming from too? This is the Man. eulogy and, and new song, right? Wow. And I remember constantly hearing after that, like, dude, I, I just always, you know, thought your wife is 
not negative, but like goofy and like she's funny and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah. like she changed people that day. Wow. So she even used like Amen. that moment to give God praise, give wow. God glory. Amen. And then I think the one line that really became clear to me that hit a lot of people was like, does it bother you when people just say, it bothers me now, right? Because of this. But when people are like, God bless you. Mm. Hey, God bless you. Like, what does that really mean? Does that mean, I hope you have a lot of success. I hope you get a lot of money. Sure. I hope you have a great life, mm -hmm. right? And as she's going through this, really the definition of like, God bless you is anything that brings you closer to God. Whoa. She said that at the at the pulpit, right? I'm like, Amen. oh, shit. Yeah. So you're using the death of your daughter as a way to say, like, God bless me. Right. To me, like that, that's the part I get emotional. I'm like, how did you how did you do that at that moment? Yeah. And that stays with me like forever. So when someone says, God bless you, I'm like, what do you really mean by that? Yeah. Are you just God, I hope you get get rich and like famous or like not <laughs> like Hope you have a big house. I hope <laughs> you have a nice car. Hope you get your Porsche. Like all that. Like, say, what does that really mean? Like, God bless you, right? So when you say that to someone, like when I do it, it's like, I sometimes I don't even say it anymore. Because mm. sometimes it it could be good or bad. Right. That could be a burden. Be like a, I'm wishing a burden on right? you. Like, yeah. That's kind of <laughs> the way. Right. She taught me at that moment. So that moment when she's. She's standing up there, like, I'll never forget that moment. I'm like, damn, what am I saying? Like, I, I hope I'm okay, right? So, right. Um, I, I mean, I definitely got to pause on that. That is so powerful, bro. Yeah. Just like, just that reminder and notion of like what that really means. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when you pray for certain people, you're right. Um, if you're praying for them to get closer to God, to live a godlike life, to be a godlike man or whatever, that you you're praying a lot on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, good, bad, ugly, yeah. all of it, man. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the That's, day, geez. we 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 Whoa. draw closer to God in our brokenness when Amen. we realize how broken we are. Amen. Like we don't and that's why yeah, as you're talking about this, it's funny, even before we started rolling, like I think Josh said something about like, you know, too blessed to be stressed or something like that. But I'm like, mm. I, but I was mm. like, but, but I was also saying like, but stress is blessed. Yeah, like yeah, when we're stressed, cool, man. That's that, the that, shirt that, that draws us to God. Yeah. When we're stressed, amen, when we are amen, burdened, amen. that's when like, God, I need some help. Like, help me. This is too hard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And of course, the degrees and the levels and the extremities the spectrum of that stress can be, yeah. you know, to the, the to from death to just like, oh, I, I don't know if I'm gonna make rent this month. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, th there's, a, but that's not to minimize or maximize anybody's. But it's it's, and that's why God continues to give us burden because that yeah. is what He knows. It's what's gonna keep us drawing closer to Him. Because yeah. the one, moment everything's cool, we're like, yeah. cool, everything's okay. chilling. Yeah, you know. One thing I want to bring back to that Shane said earlier, because I, I know we went by uh, pretty quick. Because um, there was that was a lot, which is great. Thank you for just you kickstarted me. I didn't. Yeah, stop. yeah, no, no, it was good. No, 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 no I, exactly. Yeah. We we that's how we are. We just let things go the mm -hmm. way it goes. And uh, as you went through that, 
it was just uh, I I didn't even touch my food. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I stopped eating. I, honestly speaking, I was like going, yeah, yeah. and then like the moment you started, I was like, dude, I need to put this down because I needed to hear everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to skip a beat on mm-hmm. it because there was so much in there yeah. that I really want the audience to like pause and reflect a bit for whoever's going through whatever, yeah. right? Because there's something also there that was so powerful that you shared. Because when he first told me your story, just a little bit of it, yeah. saying, oh, this, he's going to definitely come on the pod and we're going to have this conversation. I was like, man, you know, I'm a dad with two little kids. And I'm like, man, I'm going to, you know, it's, I'm going to get teared. I'm going to cry <laughs> at the part where he talks about the death of his daughter. Yeah. Right. But today, as I was sitting here listening, the part that like almost just actually took me out with Waterworks wasn't even that. It was when you just shared about... Um, I didn't even catch which relative it was that prayed and told you days before yeah. I mm. felt something is coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The moment you said that, that almost took me out. And yeah. the reason why is not because like it was like like a curse or whatever on your family. No. Like you said, sometimes it's good or bad, these gifts that you have with God. Yeah. And that like confirmed that was the Lord. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Yeah. And like, I, it, it, it hit me. Yeah. Because yeah. like for me, like, you know, God, God is just, you know, you know what I mean? Like he, he does whatever in, yeah. in all different ways to communicate with us. Yeah. And the moment I heard that, yeah. the affirmation as a parent yeah. in that situation, just imagining what you guys were going through, yeah. to hear that, yeah. that would have just took mm, me out yeah for that that almost takes me out just me talking yeah, about right, it now right. no, like it's heavy on my heart that. yeah, yeah. Wow. and like i mean even just hearing you unpack that too that yeah. that sort of you know her just just weeping days in advance and and you're saying that that was the lord like wow. that's like god is mourning what he knows what already is about to happen yeah. and he's mourning it's not like yeah i did this like you know, it's all, it, it's, it's good with me. You know what I mean? I'm the one who did it, right? Like it's, I'm cool with yeah. it, you know, yeah. but like yeah. God was mourning yeah. what he knew, what was about to happen. And, and he was just like showing that to you. Like I mourn with you. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm us. Yeah. I'm thinking about yeah. you guys. Yeah. Wow. Like that That's was, crazy. um, that's incredible, man. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I mean, I didn't, you know, cause you know, I don't know any part of the story, but things like that for the people around you and the journey that you had with God, even leading up to that moment, yeah. you know, your wife, the family members that all love the Lord, this generation of, of this generational love of God. Yeah. This is something that I also love witnessing as someone that comes from a broken home. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, my parents are divorced, but my family's comes from generation of no God. There's not mm. a lot of God in our lives. Mm. My mom was probably the first one. Wow. So, so sometimes, uh, wow. you know, people will hear my story of my boys and go, oh, man, you, you're breaking the generational curse for your family. Wow. But if I really think about it, it isn't me. It's my mom. Yeah. Wow. Yep. When my mom decided, I'm going to take up the cross. I'm going to go learn who Jesus is. Stepped in that church and prayed for me every morning. Yeah. She broke the generational yeah. curse. Amen. Yeah. And that bled to me. Mm. And then that got onto my kids, hopefully. And then, and then on. And yeah. so just, just seeing that, man, your, your family loves you, bro. Mm. I mean, that is, I don't even yeah. know them. And I'm like, <laughs> I could see how much they love you. That's, you know um, what I mean? Yeah. These people love yeah. you. you that's know? A, it's wild. Catherine, um, that's Angela's parents' pastor, wow. and her mom. Um, total God story. I have to share this one. When Alora was a little bit before one, right, 
and I'm, I'm going through my wife, just, she just lost her job. Right. And so we're going through like Alora's first year, like just with my income. Right. And I'm like, I do okay, but it's like just stressful. Like the, the game has changed mm-hmm. with like where your money goes. Right. And it's like in a heartbeat, like what the f- <laughs> I'm yeah. now, right. Yeah. <laughs> and we're driving down and we're, we're down in like Mission Viejo somewhere. And she's like, I think maybe. I'm like, what are you talking about? Maybe. And like, might have a said, I don't know. Like, I'm late. And I freaking just freaked out. <laughs> Completely freaked out, almost like blaming her. Like, how, how could you be late, right? Not my, not my pride, like my best moment in life. <laughs> not my best moment Blame in life. It, it was so, it was so oh, bad. That's how irrational yeah. my How dare you conceive <laughs> my child. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. We pulled over and Alora, like we had to change her diaper and stuff. And it's Angela's in tears. I'm just like, I am so sorry. Like, I need to chill. Like, I, I'm feeling emotional, like stressed and all this stuff too. And so that was kind of that moment. And then you fast forward about six months later. Angela's uh, second mom, really. There's another story in there too, um, but uh, her her second mom got pancreatic cancer. So Catherine's mom flew from Korea to here just to pray on the group. Mm. And so I wasn't there. I usually Sunday nights I'm at home, and Angela takes Alora and goes to small group that Bible study group, and she'll she's praying on the group, and that night. She, after all the prayer sessions and stuff, she's like, you need to have a second. But she's talking to Angela. You need to have a second baby. And Angela's like, why? And she's like, your money doesn't raise your kids. I raise your kids. <laughs> so like at the end, I'm like, whoa, that's a, like literally a direct message from Korea, from God to tell me like, <laughs> chill out. Like, Jeez. it's not your money. I raise your kids, right? Mm. And like, in some ways, it's interesting that when Alora left and to go be with the Lord, I'm like, well, he really is in control. Like, my money, didn't matter if I had 10 bill in the bank. Mm -hmm. Didn't do anything, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, that's how special that Catherine and her mom are to like our family, right? Just to make sure like, oh, no, he's real. Mm. Just just know. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, you were sharing with me... um, because you shared this story with me over lunch that time that we had, but uh, at uh, Alora's funeral, you said mm-hmm. that um, that Ryan Ellis came through and he played um, mm. at at the funeral, right? Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that meant to you and and why that was so impactful to you? Yeah, that was um, that was an eye opener for me because I remember I didn't I didn't know Ryan personally. And I just knew him because I go to New Song and he's, he's an amazing singer. And so I remember um, this was probably in about October. He sang a, a Maverick song that just stayed with me. And it's been like my anthem since like day one of Allure Leaving, uh, which just says keeps on getting better. You keep on getting better. And um, I remember when Ryan was singing that song, I'm sitting there in the first row and Dave Gibbons whispers in my ear and he's like, you know, he's about to lose his son too. Right. And I just, I, I froze, I paused, I almost like, almost like kind of fainted. Like I just, I, I, I was in shock when he told me that I'm like, how is he doing that for me? And, um, 
I'll just, I'll never forget that. And I, I got to know Ryan a little bit after, and I think Cassie and my, my wife talked too. And it just, it, it did a lot for me on multiple fronts of just saying like, okay, you're not alone. You're not the only one who's lost a kid. Cause it, it makes you feel really, really lonely. It makes you feel isolated and like, you get so angry at just anybody, right? I remember I was walking at the coffee shop and the girl walked by me on the phone. She was smiling, but literally in my head, I'm like, the f are you smiling about? Like, yeah. <laughs> like it, it, yeah. it makes you yeah. so angry, right? right? Oh, and man. so like, oh, I remember man. when he, he sang, it just made me feel like, okay, I'm not the only one. <laughs> and um, if you guys ever get a chance to listen to his song, he, he, he wrote that song, um, he didn't, to me, he didn't, it wasn't like a big promoted song, but it, two places at one time. There's a part in there that every single time it just, it freaking breaks me down. It, and it's, it's so true. Um, but his words, his music, his sound, his cadence, everything about his singing, like really at that time was like, it, it, it was so helpful. It was so helpful to just listen to it. And, I'll never forget mm -hmm. taking Ellis to school, uh, preschool, and he's like, that's music. Like, he whispered that, like, in the back seat. Like, he really liked that song. Mm. And, um, yeah, so that, that, that means a lot. He, he means a lot to me. His music means a lot to me. That song means a lot to me. And it just wow. makes me feel like, dude, we're not the only ones. And selfishly, like, you want to think you're the only one, but, dude, we're, come on, dude, there's so many people around me that have lost their kids and, yeah. yeah and so for us again it goes back to god right mm, like it start you did that to start everything right and so um that that shift in perspective is really hard to gain when like you're comfortable right mm -hmm. we talked about the comfortable mm -hmm. feeling like just to see outside your little mm -hmm. i remember on mother's day this past year this is not a long story but just that perspective change where i remember she was talking about man imagine mary's perspective as a mom knowing that like my son's gonna die wow yeah mm -hmm. as a mom right i'm like mm -hmm. i looked at Ange. i'm like i never thought about it she's like right mm -hmm. right so just even words in the bible we kind of talked about this where words have just forever changed yeah. with me. Mm. Like, God bless you. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Stuff yeah. like that. It's, it's yeah. totally changed. So yeah. careful, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. be very, very careful yeah. when you say things. You, you know, just, I think just like know. just even um, hearing how you think so carefully and just look at words through a different lens. Um, yeah. Words are powerful, right? And and these powerful words that we use so like flippantly mm -hmm. um, lose their power because it becomes such this like when someone sneezes, oh God bless you, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just almost just a, a, a response that we give to just things, and we don't think twice about what yeah. those things mean. Yeah. And um, and and what a gift that is too that God has given you this ability to see the power behind words. Yeah, and so. For you, I can imagine when you say things to people, you have a very, uh, like, a clear intention as to why yeah. you're saying what you just said, because you know what it means to you. Maybe yeah. they might not take it that way, but yeah. for you, it's like, I'm not going to just throw words away. Yeah. And, and even words in the Bible, yeah. Like, I mean, even for me, dude, like, as of late, you know, when I read the Bible now, 
there are words that pop out at me that have never popped out before. I'm like, how, how did I never see yeah. that? Yeah. How did I never knew that that's what that meant? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that's also just the Holy Spirit, how he gives us the ability to even understand words. 100%. Um, you know, it's not that we just became smarter overnight and things just make more sense to us. It's yeah. just when God decides he wants to reveal some truths to you, he will make it loud and clear. Totally, you know what I mean? Total different perspective. Yeah. Then when you say the verses too, I remember growing up, this came back to me again, right? When I think about the childhood, I think it's uh, Philippians 121. To live is Christ, to die is the game, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that verse. Like, like, growing up and I'm like, man, Alora, like you experienced that, right? Wow. So when I think about that day one of like death to light, like we fear that in some way. Like we can talk the talk of like, it's okay. Like when I go, we're going to get to go see Jesus, right? But you don't know how it's going to happen. So there's some in the fear of how or when you don't know. And obviously with her leaving time-wise, like the definition of time is so effed with me. So when I think about I'm like, man, you're the brave one, dude. You're the next level one where like you already did everything that God wanted you to do. And you already crossed that line and you're with him. Like mm. to live is Christ, to die is to gain. Like you gained before I did. Mm. So when I think about things mm. now, it's like when we get to teach our kids, yeah. the crazy thing for me to accept <clears throat> is like my child is teaching me to teach my kids. Yep. Yeah. That makes Amen. no sense to me. Mm-hmm but it makes like total perfect sense wow. now. And it, it's just, it's a weird, it's a really, really weird feeling. Wow. But it's amazing it, though. It, you know, yeah. like you, what you just said right now, just kind of like, it kind of just like hits me with this. Uh, you said that God already said, Laura's purpose was finished. Like, cool, you did your, like you did all I needed you to do. Now I need you home yeah. because that story now becomes the story that you tell that yeah. is going to impact people forever. Yeah. Like you mm. said that at, at her funeral, people's lives were changed by your wife's eulogy. Yeah. Like that was the story that people needed to hear for their lives to be changed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. if God's purpose for Alora to be born was for that story to be your guys' story that you yeah. guys tell for the rest of your lives, yeah. for people's lives to be changed. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, and that's that's, that's the part where I feel like even just when you text me, like, hey, you know, talking about your daughter, or other people, like it, it's it's total fair, like respectable, and like it's very um, safe when people ask me. But at the same time, I feel okay, God, you're making all of these things clear. If I don't share these things, then like I don't want you to be upset. I don't want the Lord to be upset at me. I don't mm. want you to be upset. Like you gave me this story and I have to share it and I want to share it. And that strength is something that I'm I'm building up to be able to be okay to talk literally from start to finish about anything in between. And um, again, I think that goes back to that survival gene that he gave me of like, no, you'll be okay. You can, you can talk about this. You can go through this stuff. And so that's like... It's, it's, it's a different perspective. It's a different way of living, especially when it starts with like your kid. And then, and then the story goes through you because we should be talking freely without mm-hmm. trauma or, or any of them learning from my daughter. It just, it's, it's a really, really strange thing. Um, but it's like, it's really powerful. Like when I can get a grasp of it, mm-hmm. 
Because when you deep dive in that silence and you're like, that silence is loud, dude. Like hmm. you're just in your head and there's all warfare going on. Do this, do yeah, that. Thoughts like, are evil. Dude. Like, it's just really, <laughs> it's crazy. Right. But like one of the, the one of the recent things that came about was especially being a dad, right? When we think about what our parents have done for us, they indirectly and directly have given us a path to be a parent. Like we learn from them no matter if it's good or bad, right? Mm -hmm. And our kids, they don't have any choices except what we give them, right? They're gonna learn from you. Hey, eat, poop, don't do this, do that, share, don't share, whatever you want. Like we're, we're showing them these things, but like whatever is in our control, you think about our trauma of what we've been through, the emotions we've been through, then we take it out on them. One of the things that Alora has taught me is like, dude, it's not like Ella said, when I come in the world, God, I don't want my parents grieving. <laughs> I don't want my parents to be pissed off and sad and crying. Like he didn't have that choice. So then when I'm being a parent to him, she's keeping me accountable, like treat my brother better. Mm. Don't take my sadness and me being with God out on them. Mm. So being able to separate that trauma mm. of like, no, that's, a, that's my deal. But let me try and be a good dad to Ellis and Aaliyah now. Like that's the hard part, like every day, especially when they're like poking at you all the time. Mm -hmm. And you just want to be like, stop, leave me alone. I need quiet. I need to just leave me alone. Go in your room versus spend time with them, play with them read the books when I'm tired as F and they want to read another book, read them another. That's so hard for me. Mm -hmm. Right. But that, that <laughs> trauma of like not wanting to do things because you're going through so much stuff like that responsibility is really, really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Especially when you want to just be with her. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot in that whole category of like just her being with God and like teaching me that's, yeah. it's a, uh, uh, well, um, for the sake of time too, um, but, um, you know, <laughs> every, every episode we, so this, you know, podcast called good service mm. and, uh, obviously we're, we're frequenting these amazing food establishments that provide good, good food and good service and good experiences, but also, um, everybody, uh, has a service that they provide to the worlds that they kind of run in and, um, for you, how would you define what good service means to you? Like, what is your good service to the, the spaces that you're in? Hmm. Um, in the spaces that I'm in, so like in work? Wherever, you know? however you want to define that, whether yeah. it's work, whether yeah. it's your, your friend groups, church, whatever it is. Um, well, that can go on for a while too. I think immediately my gut reaction of like what comes up is, I don't think we're, like, especially from our situation now, like I, I haven't, I wasn't really given a platform or a, um, a playbook actually is probably a better word of like how to grieve or men to develop in this space, right? You got feelings, like let's talk. And it's not a, I will help you. Like if, if people literally just wanted to hit me up and they just wanted to vent as a man, and like, this is what I'm struggling with my kids. This is what I'm struggling with my parents. I lost a child. I lost my dad. I lost my uncle. 
I just don't think this space is well served. It's probably a difficult one to, to, to do. But like when I really think about one of the best things for me in the past couple of years is like just being able to sit and being able to do this, being able to just talk without feeling like I want to be judged or talk about sadness without me feeling like I'm um, just a sad story. Mm. Like that's not it either. Mm. Right. There's a lot of good that comes from us just talking. Mm. And I think so if there's dude, no judgment, no, no background, whoever you are, like if someone ever just being like, I just, I don't have <clears throat> anybody to talk to like hit me up, like something like that. Right. That's the way I would love to mm. serve. Um, and then also like we, we've done this, I think for seven years now, like it's, it's like what you're doing here every Tuesday, we open up our home for a small group. If you want to come by, come by for a free meal every Tuesday. That small group has like saved our lives too after Laura passed. Mm. Um, they saw Laura more than anybody because every week they played with her for two years. So serving people, I would love to just listen to people. Mm. Um, that's probably something I would love to do, whether it's on IG, phone, text, send me a video. You want me to respond back? You just want me to listen and just say I listened. Um, I just want people to know, especially after COVID, there's a lot of people dying. There's a lot of people sick. Mm. A lot of people going through stuff. And you got to let it out. There's a lot of crazies out there now fighting don't know mm. what to do with emotions and mm. men especially so that's that's probably um the first thing that really comes up yeah. um and the other time if nothing do agree if you want to talk sports call me <laughs> <laughs> so with that we just plastered his number all over the <laughs> look below here this is his phone number 1888 well, we laker shane and you can find him on instagram his dms are open <laughs> dms are open dms are open uh, dope 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 yeah so, nah yeah. dude uh shane thank you so much for coming on and um sharing yes. that story yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard it already and it's still, man, it's, it's so, uh, it's so powerful. And, um, you know, like it, it's, it's such a testament to literally the power of God. Yeah. Like it's only, it's <laughs> only it. like, Seriously. you can only do it by the power of God to even Amen. talk about Amen. it. Um, it was so, I mean, like not a long time ago that like just yeah. happened, you know, yep. And, yep. and, uh, and to see how like God is already redeeming that, um, story and showing you mm -hmm. probably on the daily, you know, like why, and what's this for and, and what is he, he's not done with this story yet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Amen. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a work in progress. And, um, just seeing your willingness to just say, yes, God, all right, this is like a, a, a hurtful thing, but I know you want to use it and, and you just being obedient to that calling. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's like, man, praise God. I like, appreciate like that. Us here, I God mean, Kev, you can speak for yourself, but I'm like, I'm just so blessed. I'm just like, wow. It's stories like this that make me just feel like, man, God, you are crazy. Yes, and yeah. But like, it makes me just <laughs> yeah. want to like draw in more. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. like you said, mm -hmm. he's real. Like so real. John 3.16 is real. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's mm -hmm. not just some nice Bible verse yes. on the fat bottom of in yep. and out French fry thing. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, yep. It's yep. real, yeah. man. Yeah. It's real. For real. Love yeah. it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it. I mean, folks, thank you for watching or listening. Uh, if you are finding this episode 
as a solo episode. We have many more that came before this. So make sure you subscribe and like. And uh, if you're really digging what we're doing, leave us that five-star rating, write us a review, follow us on our socials at Good Service Podcast. Maybe, I don't even, we don't even have socials yet, so we'll figure, we'll figure out what we name it. And then we're going to edit the crap out of that part. Yeah, or not. It'll be in the description, though. If you're already following it, thank you. Uh, that's it, man. We'll, we'll catch you guys on the next one.